Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Gregory Melville and Susan Fox and Kathleen Bromage. That, if you haven't been paying very much attention this week, uh, is This is America by either Donald Glover or Childish Gambino, however you want to think about this. Uh, we're going to kick off the news today by talking about that. We're down in New Haven. Got to tell you who's here. Uh, Biddy Klein is a psychotherapist and author and a radio host of her in her own right on WPKN. Pedro Soto is an account executive at DRT Power Systems in New Haven. Uh, Mercy Quay is founder and executive of the Narrative Project and the host of Work. It out like that, or do <laughs> or do I go? It oh, it's out. like work, work it out. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm a white person. It's gonna take me a couple times, you know. <laughs> the rhythm uh, is challenging. It's gonna take me a few times to just master that. Uh, on uh, WNHH, I assume it's on WNHH, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Um, you didn't tell me that part. Okay, so um, uh, we are going to talk about, uh, in fact, Donald Glover and this song. And, and, I mean, it's so much more than a song. I mean, first of all, the video is intrinsic to understanding the song. Uh, and uh, there's quite a bit more, I think, to build on from there. A little bit later in the show, we will perhaps uh, be discussing a somewhat less inspiring African-American musical artist. His name is R. Kelly. He's been banned from Spotify, which... It just sounds kind of funny saying that anyway. And speaking of being banned from somewhere, Monica Lewinsky was banned from a major philanthropic forum of by Town & Country magazine because it turns out they'd invited somebody else. Guess who? So all of that will be a part of our conversations today, plus some endorsements we'll make at the end. But we are going to begin with uh, Donald Glover. Do you, ever, do you have a plan right now? You want to bring it up for you know, like two more seconds here just to sort of once again pe- get people in the mood? The first time this was seen, I think probably for most people, is Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Last weekend he was uh, doing perhaps an unprecedented thing, which was he was there as Donald Glover, the host, and Childish Gambino, the musical performer, uh, two for the price of one. The, it was the second uh, musical performance of the night was this particular song. It was announced, I think, not insignificantly by Daniel Kalea mm-hmm. uh, from Get Out. Uh, and um, 
So um, I want to try to set it up a tiny bit more before we get talking about this. So what you see, for those of you who have never seen this, what you see in the music video, and they tried to recreate it to a certain extent on stage there on Saturday Night Live, is a, a shirtless Donald Glover, um, who, by the way, turns out to be in better shape than anybody but I guess, uh, and who, uh, as you can hear this, this, the songs uh, begin. It begins in a very... Uh, not only benign, but but very elevated joyous, sound, yeah. joyous sound, and, and we're going to have this wonderful party, and everything just sounds kind of terrific very quickly. It turns bad. There are gunshots. There uh, is violence. Uh, we maybe won't describe all of the violence because in some ways, if you haven't seen it yet, you want to be kind of punctured a little bit by that violence uh, the first time. It is uh, uh, something of a shock. So... Um, so Mercy, let's just start. Start. Like, what, what? What do we have here? There's. Look, I mean, African American artists these days make protest music yeah. a lot, mm-hmm. um, and but this seems to seems to have held up its hand and stopped traffic. Sure. A little bit. So what's going on? Yeah, I mean, so when I think of, about this piece, and I and I'm trying to think about it in three ways, right? The the piece of art as the music and the video together, and then each of those pieces separately. Um, because I need to assess them separately as well. And what I what I continuously get in that assessment is, you know, the meme with the dog in the burning house and he's looking <laughs> yes. around and yeah. he says, everything's fine. <laughs> this is fine. I think I, I, you know, while we're all sort of trying to figure out what Childish Gambino, Donald Glover is trying to tell us, that's the only thing that comes to mind, right? This is America. We are in a burning building. But this is fine. It's fine. Everything's fine, <laughs> right? Like, uh, yeah, definitely. And I, I don't know if anyone else sort of got that assessment, but you you have the sort of the kids in. I think one of the articles that we passed around via email mm. said in magnet school uniform, yeah. um, dancing, and every now and again Donald Glover joins them in dance. And right, I, I think the the bloggers and the pontificators are were online thinking. Well, is this is this saying that's like children are distracted or that they're they're not tuning in? And I'm just like, I think it's saying that we're distracted, right? Like we as a mm-hmm. people, not children. There's no there's no there's no assessment on age. We're distracted because we kind of have to be to continue living in a burning building. Yeah, Peter, you want to take it from there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's actually a really good point um, in terms of of how the how the song feels, mm-hmm. and and it's really. You know, as, as we are, we're hearing it in our, our headphones now, um, I mean, it's, you know, the, the main parts before it goes into, like, the rap sections, um, especially when, you, when you're watching the video with, you know, with the, with the dancing and with the choreography, you, you're listening, and it really, you know, part of you is like, wow, that's a really great song. Like, right. I want to hear, hear that. Right. Right? And it gets really ripped away from you each time, especially mm-hmm. in the video, obviously, in very striking ways. And it is sort of that, like, you know, you're, we're trying to be, pulled you know it's sort of like the we want to be comfortable we want to enjoy we want childish gambino to come up with another you know awesome soulful um you know retro song and he's like nope not gonna do that and then we're assaulted by a defibrillator right exactly Mm -hmm. yeah i mean violence is constantly uh, backgrounded and then foregrounded Mm -hmm. uh backgrounded and then foregrounded uh through the movie uh through the through the Mm -hmm. video i don't know benny i'm just sort of going around the table just getting some Mm -hmm. uh, initial reactions yeah sure um i had a very intense reaction to the video and it kind of went subjectively in four movements. Like first there was what I would call the primary source viewing, which happened to me when I did SNL, which didn't have any of the gun violence in it. Mm -hmm. But I still felt like, wait a minute, this is really transgressive. 
there is something going on here with the choreography, with the faces he's making, with the way he's using his body that I've not seen on network TV. And it felt very much like performance art. Mm -hmm. So that was number one, and I was just like, blown away, I was disturbed, I was confused, I was curious. Then I go, of course, to the actual music video, right. which, as Mercy described, has all kinds of much more elaborate choreography and very disturbing gun violence. So in one scene, he shoots a guitar player. In another, he shoots a choir of black people. And meanwhile, the children are still dancing, and there's this sort of happy-go-lucky but distorted feeling to everything, then I went to the secondary sources, you might mm. say, right, right. which sort of the reminded me of like reading yeah. in graduate school where mm -hmm. like you, you see the thing first, you read the book, and then you read all the critics. And of course, I was curious, like, what were all the references? Mm -hmm. You know, was that so-and-so in there? What was there a rap battle going on? You know? And it made me think about something that I then heard recently uh, Tahishi Coates say, which is that white people don't have to know everything that's going on. Because, <laughs> I mean, let's, I mean, that's one, funny. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like he said, just like you don't have the access to the N word, you also don't get to have this inside baseball stuff. But I was feeling like this was a Rorschach, this was an ink blot in that I could only see it through the lens of myself, and I could only see it through the lens of being a white person. And everybody and anybody is gonna have a different take on it, right. and a different perspective. So then I tried to go back to the original video to feel that same impact, and I was left with this final movement to my series of movements, what is my voice? And I realized in approaching this show today that I was nervous. Hmm. Well, you know, I'd also like to kind of enlarge this and talk a little bit about Glover himself, who's really mm -hmm. kind of emerging as a very unusual kind he's of performer so creator. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and so you've got um, you've got a guy who, on the one hand, he's created this show Atlanta, which is this sort of unbelievably uh, trippy toggling back and forth uh, between uh, the the uh, the traumas of being black in America and some very very funny stuff about being black in America, mm -hmm. uh, and um, and has. Uh, this very surreal vibe that wells up in it uh, as well. Th that's like him. He has created that. He stars in it. He's obviously been introduced to America through community. Mm -hmm. um, he's got this um, alter ego, Childish Gambino, uh, who raps. Uh, he is about to encroach even more deeply on Pedro's world very soon <laughs> as Galando Calrissian uh, in the in the next uh, Star Wars installment. Uh, and um, and what else? So he's going to be Simba in a live action lion. <laughs> Uh, he was in The Martian. Right. Uh, and he's going to be... Love that movie. He's gonna, love he, he has an expanded role in the next Spider-Man movie, too, mm -hmm. I think. he's He has oh, yeah. had a very funny little cameo in the last one. And I think he ha is going to be some kind of villain, but probably a fairly appealing villain. To me, one of the things about this video is, despite that body of work, both the in existence and to come, I think the first thing Donald Glover does is break down our ideas of Donald Glover. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, absolutely. Right? Like I mean, he yeah. he consistent he continuously reinvents himself yeah. or reintroduces himself to us. Right? We were initially introduced to him via Community, where I think audience were able audiences were able to 
uh, I'll say strip and then I'll say forgive him of his blackness, right? Because mm -hmm. he was sort of this quirky nerd and you didn't, he wasn't threatening. You didn't have, you didn't, you weren't forced to see him as black. And then if we fast forwarded to Atlanta, it's sort of this like reclamation of his blackness, not for himself, but sort of mm -hmm. to audiences. Wait a second. Yeah, I'm the funny kid from community that you got used to. You sort of fenced into your, your, your uh, living room and you were able to forgive me of my blackness sort of suspend the threat of my blackness. But now I'm going to reintroduce myself yet again as uh, his character in Atlanta, which is Earn, Earn in Atlanta. He, he's a he's a rapper and he's a baby daddy and he but is But he's, he's still a kind producer. of Charlie Brown. Too. He is he's very Charlie he's Brown. He's Charlie Brown if Charlie Brown were black and a little bit more angry. And he in and, and <laughs> in, even in Atlanta he refuses to be boxed. He mm -hmm. absolutely refuses uh, uh, refuses to be boxed and as his uh, under his rapper name, um, Childish Gambino, which even the way he came up with Childish Gambino is a great story, which is uh, he and his friends were on the, a Wu-Tang name generator and Childish <laughs> Gambino came up, right? Like he, conti he, he continuously reintroduces himself to us. And I love that because I think that I think that black men, black women, black people as a whole are boxed into this this theory of understanding, right? You are this thing. And that comes out of, in a lot of ways, sort of these three stereotypes of black men and black women that, that were um, born out of Reconstruction. And we see that um, displayed in this is America, mm -hmm. right? Sort of the the stereotype of the Mandingo, the stereotype of Sambo, and then the stereotype of um, the Buck, right? Sort of this, the idea of an aggressive black guy with his shirt off, right, dancing uh, um, in sort of this minstrel show. And then the Sambo is like, wait, no, actually, I'm a, I'm a really a jovial black guy, and I can dance, and I can be happy, and it's great, and it's fun, and you're okay with me now, right? And I, and I just find that so transformative um, and he conti he continuously surprises me and I love that about him. Well yeah. I, I also want to, Ta-Nehisi Coates notwithstanding, uh, I want to push back a little bit. I mean and, and I, by the way I love that idea. I love the quote from Ta-Nehisi Coates but um, I feel as though the strength of this particular work of art, the video, is it does stop everybody in their tracks. You know I mean uh, there's a lot of really interesting protest me I mean you know there's a way in which like I have I happen to really love the uh, album Black Messiah by D'Angelo mm -hmm. which is like trying to say a lot of these same kinds of things mm -hmm. but I, I'm not sure that it would have the kind of crossover pop appeal that this does this does because it it sets that hook right Pedro mm -hmm. at the beginning because it, it, it says this is going to be this benign fun kind of mm -hmm. thing that you're going right. to kind of enjoy you know and, the Afro and background yeah. to it. and then smacks you with it really hard I actually do mm -hmm. think this is the kind of piece of art that really will well it's going to have 75 million views on YouTube sometime around right now mm -hmm. um, during the show yeah. during the show <laughs> we, we think yeah and I just feel like this is the kind of thing that somehow or other has a mystique to it that like we're all going to want to dive into it a little bit more. I hope mm -hmm. so. I mean, there's this um, American humorist, you probably know Finley Dunn, mm -hmm. and he said art should comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. Mm -hmm. And boy, if this doesn't do that, right. it I certainly does. And, and I think the gun violence in the, in the video is probably one of the more provocative things for people. Like um, in that article you sent around, Colin from Vanity Fair, where they were kind of like not so hot on what Childish Gambino did, they were saying, look, well, what's he selling? Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the right question. 
I think this is something like a protest art and provocative art and transgressive art that's going to be analyzed for a long time. Right. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that was a black writer saying that. Right. And so not, not necessarily asking a, a flatly commercial question, for but sure. sort of, okay, we have to watch you, this guy we really like a lot, do a lot of really horrible things in this video. Why are you doing that to us? And he hasn't, tel- he hasn't told us. <laughs> he, he, he hasn't told us why he's doing this to us. And mm-hmm. uh, to address... Ta-Nehisi Coates' uh, 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 quote there, I just want to be clear, we don't know what this means either, right? Like, black people don't know. <laughs> what the, we, we don't want to have a rubric right. to this. <laughs> um, there are things that I think, um, Benny, taking, taking I think, uh, what you said to heart a little bit from me, watching this with my partner, Jesse, who is from Wyoming. I use that as a dog whistle to say he's white. <laughs> um, that is where they make white people, if you were not aware. <laughs> but it was Texas. <laughs> right. I don't know. No, they just fly up out of a hole in the ground. Exactly, like out of Wyoming. They're, they're not even babies. <laughs> I am um, watching it with Jesse. Uh, we we you know we stop it we we talk about it. He's like I, I just don't, I don't understand this. I'm like while I don't quite know what he's trying to tell me, there are so many things in this that are just familiar to me. Mm-hmm. There are just things in this that are familiar to me that I can understand may not be familiar to you. You know, it's interesting you say that because some of the choreography mm-hmm. I felt like I knew. Mm-hmm in some unconscious way what it was referencing, but mm. I didn't know the words for it. Right. And then later in the so-called secondary sources, I would see words like minstrel. Sure. And this mm-hmm. and that. And I was like, and then oh, okay, to you. Right. maybe this, maybe that. Mm-hmm. You know? And just like the, 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 the poignancy of the way at the very end of the, I guess it was the music video that young black girls moving her body. And then so she, like, I don't know what these gestures are, but they are affecting me. In some way. Right. And I mean, and in the same way that Beyonce's Lemonade sort of was evocative of these old black motifs, right? Like this piece for me is just, well, we don't get as much time to sit with it as we did with Lemonade Mm -hmm. because that was an entire body of work. Um, This piece for me is just, it's it's, uh, reminiscent of my youth in a lot of ways. uniforms and and uh line dances right like um and choir right or even the first guy who was shot is sitting in a fold-up chair with a guitar on his lap and for me that's just i i'm just immediately snapped back to like my grandfather or my uncles in the south during the summer sitting on our porches with a big guitar on the lap barefoot right like these are sort of the the images that are just uh familiar to me. Doesn't it seem to you also like SNL, um, not to get too deep into that show, but um, is is getting sort of very hip lately about racial stuff? Well, the, I mean, there's been a, a lot of pressure yeah. put on them to do that. Uh, is, that um, is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, I mean, for a long time, black performers were existed in such a minimal state there um, <laughs> that, that they were, that they were pressure Yeah, but like the, the night that this premiered, mm-hmm. did you see the, the, the scene where Three guys do a takeoff on a Migo mm-hmm. video, mm-hmm. and it's Migos. called like therapy. Migos, yeah. yeah, and it's and and Donald Glover is one of them. Right. Mm-hmm. No, there's they're definitely doing this. I just want to come back to. Um, I mean, Pedro. In some ways, I sort of feel like you know whether or not we can do this very careful careful exegesis uh, on the video. In some ways, it's also a, a conver- conversation conversation starter. And I think mm-hmm. as 
the kind of artist that he's turning out to be. He wants us to have this conversation, and not for nothing. Actually, I when I, I first got an analysis pushed at me because I have a student at Yale this year in my class who is a young woman from Kenya, and so I've signed up for this thing. I think it's called Face to Face Africa, and it like pushes all this really interesting African news at me. And and in Africa, they were already <laughs> analyzing the yeah. Donald Glover video, but it's it falls here in New Haven on this week where Yale has had this incredibly uh, uncomfortable was probably be an, an, an understatement story in which uh, a, a student was uh, detained by the police for 20 minutes simply because she was sleeping in one of the common rooms at the Hall of Graduate Studies. And right. I, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, that that whole event, it, 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 uh, it does tie on to several other events recently, um, you know, the Starbucks uh, event and the, the Airbnb. The interesting thing about those, all of those, is um, – the all of them rose to the occasion because every single person was someone like the people at Starbucks were some entrepreneurs um, who were actually very successful. Um, you know, I think it was Bob, Bob Marley's, Marley's daughter. Grand daughter. Yeah. Grand and daughter. then you have, um, you know, if you've seen the woman speak uh, uh, on, on Facebook, you know, very, very, um, you know, um, uh, a, a, a graduate student who has a lot to say and kind of was very well prepared for this event. Um, and so it's really it is amazing that that the timing just happens to be that. And, and you know, the question is, I, I think it shows you, you know, how much this must be happening for people who do not have the platforms sure. that all these people had. Which I think is um, very much the, one of the messages which, of Atlanta. I mean, yeah, Don, right. Donald Glover says this is not a series about these funny black guys who sit around smoking weed all the time. They're smoking weed because they have PTSD mm-hmm. right. from being black in America mm-hmm. and they're too poor to afford therapists. And yeah, that's what they're doing. medicating right. Yeah. yeah. And the, actually, the other thing about the platform and the timing is, um, you know, in about two weeks, Donald Glover is going to become right a, a global star on the global stage, um, and and you know, with the potential to to really just be pigeonholed into action hero person forever and and be rich beyond his wildest dreams, um, and and he, you know, I think he picked this moment very carefully because mm-hmm. he's managing to tie something very important that he wanted to say. Um, along with the the fact that he's about to become you know one of the most you know famous faces in the world. That's a great point. I, I, maybe we'll end on that. It's a it's a great observation. Well, if you haven't watched this video, go watch it six times, uh, yes. <laughs> and because one is not going to do it. And listen uh, to it in headphones. And, right, exactly. Right. Some headphones headphones yes, headphones would be a good down. idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of headphones, uh, put them on right now. We're going to go out with the other <laughs> new childish Gambino song. This is Saturday, which was also performed on Saturday Night Live last week. We are uh, live doing the nose here uh, down in the studios at beautiful Gateway College in beautiful New Haven. Our beautiful panel includes Benny Klein, a psychotherapist, author, and host on WPKN, uh, Pedro Soto, an account executive at DRT Power Systems in New Haven, and Mercy Quay, founder and an executive and executive director of the Narrative Project. I'm not going to snap my fingers this time. Uh, and the host <laughs> of Work It Out there it is. Uh, on WNHH. So, um, 
We go from Donald Glover, for whom the sky doesn't even seem to be the limit. I, mean, I feel as though uh, there is a, a lot of growth ahead of him, and he's already a pretty big star, to somebody whose star, I think it could be said, said might be on the way a little bit, although you never know. And that would be R. Kelly. Uh, R. Kelly uh, was pulled. His music was pulled from Spotify, uh, the very popular streaming service, uh, as was the music of um, XXX Temptation, who I don't really know. Uh, and uh, this hasn't been covered very much, but um, a four-song alt-folk album by Eric Schneiderman was also uh, pulled off of Spotify. That, that's a joke. That's, <laughs> there's, no, there's no Eric Schneiderman album. Um, so um, R. Kelly, obviously, is a person with a pretty uh, troubling background. The uh, sto stories about him are upsetting. His music is often quite sublime, which is disturbing. But, I, you know, I mean, you've heard some of the stories anyway that, that it seems as though – he has held women more or less against their will, has had some kind of a sex cult. It sometimes is, uh, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to describe all of the things that have been right. alleged about R. Kelly. We'd be here all day. But certainly his behavior crosses about every possible line <laughs> that we could imagine. But we're still, you know, Pedro, we're still a, in that sort of, I mean, first of all, it's, it's very amusing to me that Spotify winds, winds up being some kind of referee. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, but, but anyway, yeah. And they did something yeah. actually pretty interesting. They didn't. Um, remove him from Spotify. Mm -hmm. So they did thread a, a needle on, I guess, on their side, and they said, we don't believe in censoring artists. Um, however, we do uh, have editorial authority in terms of, um, you know, kind of the homepage and recommended tracks and things like that. So they kind of removed him from the algorithm. Mm -hmm. So if you... If you really want R. Kelly. If you really want R. Kelly, you can listen to it, but um, they're not going to be promoting him in any way. So um, I thought that was sort of an interesting way to, to prevent, you know, the heavy hand of, of, of uh, these services that, you know, we increasingly get all our music from, from sort of being an arbitrator, um, uh, you know, entirely. But I do think that, I, you know, I, I think that they're probably, I mean, I, I think they're right. Um, you know, I, I think that in terms of, of actively promoting and going out of their way to say, hey, you guys really should listen to this track. It's really good. By the way, he's a monster. Um, you know, I, th <laughs> you know I, I kind of think that, um, you know, it, it, at, we're, we're finally, I think, getting to the point that it's just like, look, you're a terrible, uh, you've done terrible things. Um, we, you know, we're, we're not, you're, you're not, you're not special anymore. You know, we need to, in some ways, we need to clear the stage for all the people who are, who don't have that voice um, and who are not terrible um, or who are underrepresented. There's just some, for, R. R. Kelly has just somehow um, evaded authority for years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, without giving away all the family secrets, I just want, like, this is a moment where, like, black people are really reckoning with some of our favorite mm -hmm. artists. Mm -hmm. uh, Bill Cosby is one right. that I've talked about on the show several times. Um, uh, and R. Kelly is now sort of facing facing the hammer and rightfully so I just want to be out there saying rightfully so and we have this conversation on the uh, on this show here often about whether we should separate the art from the artist and um Ryan Slaughterly last time I was here actually made gave me a really good formula for how we can do that right is the art better than the artist is bad mm -hmm. and R. Kelly does not meet that standard for me, right? <laughs> like, it, it, he just doesn't. Um, we're talking about classics, quote-unquote, like, mm -hmm. locked in the closet, right? Like, uh, with a little bump and grind, <laughs> right? Like, uh, I believe I can fly, right? Like, those do not excuse 
right? His his horrific person, right? I, I, Specifically because like, if we think about things like the fact that he married a 15-year-old, right. he was married to Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. For a yeah. period of time, he was married to a 15-year-old Aaliyah, and not just the black community, everyone looked past that. We just saw past it. Well, I think it's interesting the, the, in terms of saying, if you know, is, is the artist better at good? I mean, it's in some ways it's like, okay, well, that means if you're really, really good, then you know you just have this larger stage to be awful on. Um, so yes. I think that equivocating the art, you know, it, it's I don't know. I think that's kind of that could go to some. At it least is in a my mind, slope, some problematic. Sure. I think there's another way to look at it too, and it's Wesley Morris brought it up uh, about a week ago in connection with Bill Cosby. He said, mm-hmm. "Look, I don't care what Will." I mean, he didn't say I don't care. He said, "Irrespective of what Bill Cosby is, there's this thing I got, yes. and, and millions of Americans, Black Americans in particular, got." Mm-hmm. from the Cosby show right. and that cannot be taken away from me it simply can't I mean even if you wanted it to even if I wanted it to be taken away from me it can't and also right not just to the black community to the white community because if for the first time on TV we were right. seeing images of black of the black family that wasn't um, indicative of this quote unquote moving on up mm-hmm. right like and I'm, I'm, I'm specifically referencing the Jeffersons sp- right because up until that point that was the image of the black family we have to move up we are doing that right like we are breaking right. the bounds of oppression to be seen on tv whereas the huxables w- just were they just were mm-hmm. and that was the first time that we saw that on tv and for white americans especially that was a turning point of wait i can actually see the black family as something other than i i, I don't remember what mr jefferson was um dry cleaner a dry cleaner right. as something other than service industry folks mm. I, you know, just to play around with it a little bit of a different way, or sort of turn it on its head, Benny. So there, well, first of all, Dave Chappelle famously said, "You just have to accept the fact that our that the same person who wrote." I, I believe I can fly. Urinated on a fifteen-year-old right, girl, right? Exactly. Um, and and that and so from Chappelle's point of view, you should accept both of those things. That if you regard, I mean, there are I'm sure millions of people out there who consider that one of the most inspiring songs that they've ever heard and ha- have assigned it to themselves and, and to their own quests in all kinds of highly significant ways. So maybe it's not quite the Cosby Show, but you sort of think about that too. What about somebody for whom that song has become an incredibly important thing? Do they? Uh, can it be taken away from them, I guess? I'd like to go back to a word I used earlier, which is nervous. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's funny. I, I, this makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. And um, I completely understand what's being said about the hateful. And, you know, the thing that Spotify said was that they now have a policy regarding hate content and hateful conduct. Mm-hmm. And those are two extremely different things. And then later they go on, and they don't really specify what they mean, but they say that whatever artists they're going to push are going to have their values. Well, what are the right values these days? It just seems like every other day a monster is discovered. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? I, I, so there's, some, there's something about this that frightens me in terms of censure um, and the excesses of our pulling the curtain back and the Me Too movement. Um, I don't know. There's something unnerving about this to me. That's right. We, really we have a lot. Yes. I mean, we have a lot of referees and, and, and people in striped shirts with whistles, and we don't have a lot of rules for them to consult. So, mm-hmm. I mean, certainly if you look at sort of the, the banishment of Garrison Keillor and, as you were suggesting, Mercy, the time it took to banish R. Kelly, whose sins, no matter what we decide they are, right. are just yeah. massive compared to some of the things that, that other 
artists have been exiled for, it, it does seem as though there's some kind of course correction needed. But I think what Benny's saying has a lot of truth to it, too. We don't really know what the rules are. We just It's all kind of intuited and guessed at from moment to moment. And I think part of that is because it means that we have to reckon um, with some of the awful things that we or members of our family or our mm-hmm. friends or our network have done. Um, because and, and I want to come back to something you and I kind of rapped about, uh, Colin, a couple months ago when Toothbrush Gate happened at, was it Hartford? Hartford University of Hartford? Oh, yeah. Right, sort of this mask off uh, mm-hmm. moment of you don't really know who anyone is until you, they actually reveal right. themselves to you. And that's not to say that this is who R. Kelly is because he's been revealing himself to us <laughs> and, and women for years. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is sort of this, we don't know, there's no rule book because we now have to create a rubric for how to deal with people that we love who are awful people, who have been awful people or have done awful things. And we don't really know how to how to referee that. Well, and I, there's a whole, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I think one thing that's interesting is, I guess maybe we should work backwards. We knew what the rules were. Right. Uh, Powerful people could get away with anything. And if you were male, um, you know, it was even easier. And and I think there or or almost like a a privilege that you had. Um, And I think that that's gone. So, you know, I think that we kind of know where we were going from. um, And I think that that's now that that's been taken away. Okay, well, what's our new where well, are our new standards? Although, has it? You've just provided the perfect segue to our final topic. <laughs> Powerful people could get away with anything, especially if they're men. Uh, so, uh, also this week, Monica Lewinsky, I thought she was invited mm-hmm. to some kind of philanthropic event. It's a philanthropic forum held by Town & Country Magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as she was packing to go, uh, it turns out that she was disinvited. The reason? Because the uh, invitation that had been extended to Bill Clinton uh, had been accepted by Bill Clinton. He was coming, therefore she had, she needed to stay home, um, which tends to suggest that maybe, maybe we haven't mm. done all the work yeah. that's necessary on no. this. I mean, it's sort of an interesting, th- interesting thing. interesting the town thing. and country set. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, first of all, bad staff work by town and yeah. country. <laughs> <laughs> that they could even get themselves into this position. But it's also an interesting moment. Like, what, having reached this incredibly awkward crossroads, what do you do? You know? I mean, I'd like to think that they would say, well, you know, we've invited Monica Lewinsky, Mr. President, so if you're, if you're going to be uncomfortable, you should know that. I think yeah. they both should have gone. Yeah. I think so. I yeah. think so, too. But also, if, if I were standing in Monica Lewinsky's uh, uh, shoes right now, it would feel like this is the worst mean girls moment ever. Yeah. Right. You can't come to the party. We invited Bill, right? Right. (laughs) That would be the most mean girls moment ever. And I think that, right, we're adults and we are uh, almost, almost 20 years from this incident. Why? Almost to the day. Almost to the day, right? Why wouldn't it be possible for these two adults Mm -hmm. who have accounted for and sort of attuned, atoned for their, their actions be able to be in the same room. And I think from what she said, and it's funny how all of this came out via Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that is absolutely true. There has no, nothing That's has kind ever of a big been deal. said like, by any party. Right. Town and Country, the Clinton Organization, Monica Lewinsky, have all, at Not least officially. In, in public, mm-hmm. and the public utterances have all, all And it been shows true. you now the uses of Twitter, how mm-hmm. Monica Lewinsky came out and said like, well, you know, don't just throw me an article and try to, you know, appease me. He won, and that's not fair. But I can understand where she's coming from because she has been trashed from day one, mm-hmm. and she's still being trashed. Yep. Imagine if this story, if the Monica Lewinsky scandal came out in 2018. I mean, you know, right? it, it, this would be, A, it would have been the end of his presidency, I think. Um, 
Who's president? Of the Clinton presidency <laughs> at the time. Um, uh, and well, actually, well, I think you know, it, it, it I think it actually, it. I think it yeah. actually should have been. Uh, I'm saying Bill Clinton's presidency. Hmm. Um, but um, for all, you know, political reasons, complicated, I think right. it would have been better. But anyways, um, I think that, um, y- you know, the fact that she really is one of the, the first meet, I mean, she was 17, 18, right, uh, 20. She was very young mm-hmm. and was taken advantage of by the most powerful man in the world. And I think that... Um, There's perspective there. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, town and country, come on, 20 years later, someone should say, yeah, I think that... Uh, that we shouldn't invite. We, we should tell Bill that if he wants to come, that you can come and not disinvite for, you know, what what discomfort he might feel. Right. I mean, I do think that one reason that it's hard for them you know, just to shake this thing off and, yeah, well, we can both mm-hmm. go is because the handling of this is disproportionate. Her punishment is like a Greek myth. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. it just doesn't ever stop. She is, there's there's no way she can stop being Monica Lewinsky. Uh, she seems like a very interesting person. I spent some time on her Twitter feed today. It was very interesting. She's yeah. She has a lot of different interests, including Childish Gambino, as it turns out. Right. Uh, and she's very funny, and she often has like just exactly, there was some other big story recently in which an intern was being blamed, and she just retweeted it saying, blaming the intern is so 90s. You know, I mean, she's got a good sense yeah. of humor, even, even, either, even about who she is, where she's been but it doesn't matter she Mm -hmm. is suffering this greek mythology punishment whereas he's been able to recast himself repeatedly this is something that kind of drags along like a piece of toilet paper that's stuck to his shoe but it's not him you know and i i think Mm -hmm. the dis the disparity between those two states would be very uncomfortable at a town and country pageant of philanthropy yeah there's this word that comes out of um uh how i met your mother it's called revertigo Right. Uh, <laughs> reverting back to a time in the past when you're when you were interacting with someone, um, reverting back to who you were in the time when you were interacting oh. with someone from your past. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think to your point, Pedro, we see Mono, Monica Lewinsky with our 2001 eyes mm-hmm. and not with our 2018 eyes. We are all fr- suffering from revertigo when right. we think about Monica Lewinsky, even though we have gone through this entire Me Too movement. And we have this opportunity to actually rethink Right. Reconsider right. what we thought about Monica Lewinsky mm-hmm. back then. I, I, You know, Benny, I think one big change and you and I have, I think, watched th- this unfold a bit is the difference in the identification uh, of the woman in these stories. So you and I have lived through a time where wh- who was having sex with Jim Baker? Jessica Hahn, uh, who mm-hmm. was sitting on uh, Gary Hart's lap, Donna Rice, mm-hmm. uh, who was the beautiful woman walking around with Ollie North, Fawn Hall. Um, you know, we knew these names. And, we, and then Monica Lewinsky became sort of the apex of that, this 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 name. I, I don't know the names of the women who were in the room with Louis C.K. or I mean, the women who a lot of the women who are now abused by men in a way that I think is very healthy are they don't become famous right. for that in a way that mm-hmm. women did in the 80s and 90s. Maybe that's a big difference that you're seeing here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and the tables have turned appropriately. So where where now it is the uh, uh, right, like the male and for for years, women have been this has been the thing that they've carried they've throughout their vilified. career. There's been yeah. vi- they've been vilified. They've carried the scarlet letter. And now it's it, there's been. A, a, a ceremonial, right, like he, bestowing the scarlet letter onto men. And I really appreciate that. And also, it seems like those accused in this Me Too uh, Wu Tang generator um, <laughs> are, are, are. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to it. Don't for, I have our names. Um, they're, they're coming back. 
I mean, there, there's talk mm -hmm. of all these people coming back, Louis C.K. coming back, and Tom Brokaw coming back, and mm -hmm. the women don't quite come back. They don't make a comeback. Well, I mean, the, to that point, I will say that Monica Lewinsky, right, it, I've also spent some time on her Twitter uh, page, and I think she's an amazing human being. She and is. She's if you really listen smart. to her TED Talk, she's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's one of the people, she's one of few people who I think can pick up an issue and understand how that issue does not stand um, in isolation from all of the other in issues that impact it, right? Yeah. So she 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 is now a um, a an anti-bullying uh, advocate, and she understands how police brutality can be seen as a bullying <laughs> situation, right? And mm -hmm. and she thinks critically about all of the issues in the world and applies her advocacy to that issue. And I really appreciate that. About She's her. a great person who I think will never get to be a great person. Exactly. You right. know, I mean, I really yep. think that's true. All right, before we go to the break, uh, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. We're going to make some recommendations. But Biddy was kind enough. I don't know if you can do this for another person, but you know, Benny was kind enough to go on the Wu Tang <laughs> name generator. I'm selfless that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I turn out to be some version of old dirty bastard, I'm going to be very upset. About okay. this, but, um, um, all right. So um, I guess the story is that uh, Wu Tang Clan, you know, the group, you know, came up with this rap name generator, and that's how Donald Glover, the story goes, mm -hmm. got the name Childish Gambino. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I thought maybe in advance of meeting with mm -hmm. you all today, I would take the liberty of putting in all our names. Mm. So we'll start with our host, Colin McEnroe. <laughs> I love According that. to the Wu-Tang name generator, mm -hmm. fearless mastermind. <laughs> okay. Right. okay. I, I, I think that works. All right. Okay. I can uh, live with it. Mercy Quay, Wacko Swami. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, can you, yeah, does it feel right or uh, no? It, so it, it, the reason it feels right is because I think I've gotten that from the generator. <laughs> oh, you've gotten it. Okay, you've yes. done the generator. <laughs> Uh, Pedro, you are Shrieking Ninja. Hmm. I'll take that. He's right. taking it. I like the the, 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 uh, the diametric. Yeah. I also yeah. did Jonathan McNichol, one of the producers, yeah. um, not remembering that Betsy Kaplan was going to be here, and I'm so sorry. I will look you up Betsy later. Betsy Kaplan already has a Wu-Tang name that RZA gave her. So it, oh, okay. It, it, okay, so I'm covered. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so Jonathan McNichol, Drunken Prophet. <sighs> and finally, me, Benny Klein, Scratchin' Dreamer. Scratchin' Dreamer. I, All right. I just don't know that any of these would work in the industry. They're not working <laughs> no. right now. I'm just Waco Swame, maybe. Fear, fearless mastermind. I think it would get yeah. reduced to just fearless. You would right. just be called fearless after some point. Listen, as long as I uh, avoided uh, ODB, I'm fine. <laughs> All right. We'll take a little break. Uh, we'll come back with some non Wu Tang recommendations for you. Yes, indeed, we are back. We're here at Gateway Community College, where WNPR has satellite studios uh, in the um, in the studios. With me to do the news are Benny Klein, Mercy Quay, and Pedro Soto. Uh, it's time to say some thank yous. So Jonathan McNichol is down here on the board getting everything together. Uh, and uh, Carlos Mejia and uh, Betsy Kaplan came down in the uh, Connecticut Public Radio party van uh, <laughs> to help out. Carlos has been in here. Are you, have you just been tweeting the whole time? Is that what you're doing over there? Yeah, he's been live tweeting the show at WNPR Collins. So it would be good, by the way, if you're that kind of person, to be uh, following his tweets at WNPR Collins. Anyway, thanks to Carlos and Betsy for being here in New Haven with me and Jonathan. Uh, today, uh, who else do I have? Uh, the part of Dole Curry was played by Paperboy. Uh, and uh, on Monday, 
Uh, on Monday, what we're going to do is, for the fourth consecutive time, we are not booking guests. Uh, I am going to spend Sunday meditating uh, until I come up with some kind of overarching conversational theme, and then I am just going to take uh, phone calls. And th- so we've done this the last three Mondays. It's been kind of fun talking to you folks out there. Uh, so we're going to try this one more time. Uh, so that's the plan. I think that's all I have to tell you, other than it is time to make some recommendations. Uh, Mercy, you ready to go first? I am. Um, so... I every recommendation that I've made on the show uh, since I've started uh, contributing has been um, somewhat space themed, mm. and that is because I am a space nerd. I recently got a tattoo of Whoa. the solar system. I am showing the group here a tattoo that I have of the solar system, and so my two recommendations um, are podcasts. One is I think I made this last time, but if I haven't, I just want to be. Just want to make it again for a redundancy. Uh, Star Talk, it, which is Neil deGrasse Tyson's podcast, um, and uh, uh, Chuck's, Chuck Nice is the co- comedian that um, is his co-host on it, and, and uh, Bill Nye does it as well. Um, Bill Nye also has a Netflix series coming out called uh, Bill Nye Save the World. Mm-hmm. Um, you should check that out. And also there is a podcast called Are We There Yet? It is about... Um, interstellar travel and <laughs> our journey to Mars. And that is all. That is plenty. <laughs> uh, Benny, you want to go next? Yes, I sure do. I'm so thrilled to have the opportunity to recommend an artist. And this goes back to the art as politics and transgressive, and it wraps it all up into this beautiful circle. So Brett Bender is an artist I became aware of on Facebook. We became friends. He's in Philadelphia. And you may know him from a book he did called The Coloring Book for the Super Intelligent. Mm-hmm. And he also ca- does political art. And there was a one that got pretty famous in the uh, recent election. <sighs> and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to sigh. And it is a picture of, it's for the Democratic Party, and it's a picture of the donkey, but in women's shoes. And I might say, not high heels or stilettos, but you can tell they're women's shoes. And it says something like, it's time. Mm-hmm. Would that that were the case. Um, but his most recent project that I want to promote is called Target Series. And he's very influenced by Childish Gambino and This Is America. And he took a bunch of his paintings, which are, after all, his babies, and he got an AK-15. And the story of him getting the AK-15 is pretty interesting in and of itself. It's an artist statement that goes with the work. And he took his paintings or reproductions down to a gun range, and he shot them. Hmm. Hmm. And the images of these are very startling and very beautiful in a weird, disturbing way. So we don't lose track of this. Where can people see all this? Um, Where can they see it? So you will go to bbender27arts.com. And I'll just tell you one last sentence from his artist statement. We began as cowboys and Indians. What we do with the rest of our constitution is what makes our difference. Mm. Uh, boy, that really does fit into This is America. I'm um, inclined. Great recommendations. We'll try to get that uh, link up on our webpage at wnpr.org slash Colin. Pedro Soto, what do you have for us? Okay. In terms of traditions, I, I have usually uh, had some New Haven, what's happening in New Haven. Yeah. And actually this weekend, uh, uh, the Westville Village Art Walk is happening, oh, yeah. which is great. It's Those a lot of fun. It is a free annual community-based arts festival that spans three blocks in historic Westville Village in Edgewood Park. Um, and it's tonight and tomorrow. 
So it's about uh, 30 vendors. Uh, there's music. There's art. It's a lot of fun. Um, and Westville is is a fun place that should be more visited. So um, please stop on in. And it is not a, your typical, you know, uh, community of you might get the police called on you while black. So definitely right. go and right. visit. Yes. You are welcome in the community. <laughs> right. And if, if it does happen, just say, I know Mark Oppenheimer. Exactly. Uh, and the yes. police will release you immediately. That's true. So, um, well, thanks for that recommendation. You know, I just, first of all, I, I have to, to see two things based. Do you have another recommendation? No, that's it. Okay. So, um, you both made me think of two different things that I wasn't going to mention. So one of them is I just want to remember uh, Isaac Epstein, who uh, ran this incredible bookstore in downtown Hartford for many years. And Benny made me think of him because on one occasion, uh, a man I know, uh, Isaac was this very sort of quietly mordant wit. Uh, and he presided over this bookstore. And the, the uh, uh, a customer that he knew very well walked in one day and said, asked for a copy of a book. I think that was called Mind Games for the Super Intelligent. <laughs> and, and so uh, Isaac went and got it off the shelf and turned to him and said, I'm presuming you want this gift wrapped. Uh, <laughs> 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 which was a a great uh, yeah. line. Also, I just want to say I was in Wichita, Texas, Wichita Falls, Texas, excuse me, uh, last week, and I was giving a speech. And Wichita Falls, Texas, is this place where they've got like all this really kind of nasty big box development all twirled around in this kind of highway interchange. And I said, what, what should I do after my speech? And they said, there, there's an art walk. And I drove into the center of town, which is essentially untouched. <laughs> it's got all these beautiful old buildings yeah. from the 40s, 30s, 20s that nobody cares about anymore. <laughs> these artists had taken them over. Wow. And it was like being on a, in a TV. TV, fictional TV show or something. These wonderful people who are like doing these creative things uh, in this city. Uh, I loved it so much. I am going to uh, recommend quickly another Twitter feed, and that is the Twitter feed of Maggie Haberman, who's of course famously the Trump whisperer. Um, her okay. Twitter feed is like a magazine. It's like a <laughs> publication or something like that. I mean, she retweets to what she thinks is important and interesting. It, if you just like followed all the links that she retweets, you'd have a pretty good understanding of what's going on today. Um, also, very quickly, The Gist by Mike Pesco. We love The, the Gist. We love Mike Pesco. Listen to his episode uh, about the new nominee for CIA director. I think it's called Some Interrogations. You will understand this thing and its complexity. It's not as easy a story as you might think. All right, I'm done. We're done. Thanks to everybody. Thanks for coming here to Gateway College. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Monday. Thank you, Mercy and Benny and Pedro. We just